The Owner's Box is part of the In The Money Podcast Network. You can always log on to inthemoneypodcast.com where you can follow along. You can subscribe to the free newsletter. And not only do you have the Owner's Box, but also shows such as the Players Podcast, JK Plus One, The Matt Vernier Show, Redboard Rewind, Nick Luck Daily, Talk Racing to Me, In the Ring with Acacia Courtney, and Off Track with Maggie. So lots of great things to listen to. Just head over to inthemoneypodcast.com. Welcome to the Owner's Box. Now, here's Billy Koch and Michelle Yu. Welcome to another edition of the Owner's Box. I'm Billy Koch, founder and managing partner of Little Red Feather Racing Club. Joining me alongside of always is the wonderfully talented Michelle Yu, who's pretty bummed out. Michelle, uh, I think I say, I think I speak from everyone in the horse racing community and the friend community. We're very sorry about what happened to your dog earlier this week. I can hear it in your voice. I know you're sad. Thank you, Billy. I appreciate it. I'm super sad. I'm going to try and like muscle through this to be not sad for people because no one listens in for anyone to be sad. Uh, yes, but you know what? It, those are the hardest things. My sister, as you know, put her dog down yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, Buck, who was a, a, a big old uh, Rottweiler. He was getting up there and had some physical problems. They had to put him down. So she was crying all day yesterday and Listen, our animals, whether it's dogs, horses, especially dogs, because they live with you every single day, and uh, they love you unconditionally, is very important in our life, and they make the world better. Yep. So. Uh, they do. I literally had my dog longer than I had my kids. <laughs> yep. There you go. And it was sad. Someone ran her over, in case anyone wants to know, and yeah. they didn't even bother to stop. Yeah, pretty, pretty, pretty brutal. Pretty brutal time. But you know what? We have a great show, and I had a really nice time talking to Stanley Cup champion of the Colorado Avalanche, uh, Eric Johnson, who is a big-time horse owner. He runs uh, McKinnon this Saturday in the Del Mar Derby at Del Mar. It's kind of a big day at at Del Mar on Saturday. We're probably going to talk about that. Yeah, certainly. Uh, And uh, so you're going to get to hear that in just a couple minutes, but let's get our three things of note done very quickly. So we can get to that interview. Michelle, what's going on in the world? Well, I mean, I think that the the top of three things of note, which it was a whirlwind of stakes action this last week, but I think that uh, highlighting it was certainly the Midsummer Derby, the Run Happy Travers. Um, I was ultra, ultra impressed by Epicenter. He was amazing. Uh, the team Winchell, team Asmussen, uh, Joel Rosario, uh, Epicenter, heavy favorite in the race, ran to his odds, destroyed a very good field, at least on paper, at least. Michelle, you were there. Uh, what kind of stood out to you? Um, I mean, other than really, other than the racetrack, which we already know all about on the show. Uh, it was just everyone was really excited for Epicenter. I, I think it's very cool that we've gotten to see a lot of the good horses throw down against each other. The, there's ample opportunity to run your horse in different places where a lot of horses end up dodging each other. And I think now we've seen these horses come together again and again. And it's like we finally have, in my opinion, like a front runner of, of the category. So I think it was really exciting. And, uh, you know, it was fun. It was a super fun uh, race. Michelle, what does it mean for a horse like Rich Strike, who was the massively upset winner of the Kentucky Derby this year and has not come close in two races since? Just, just saying, I'm, fluke. Mm-hmm. 
Pretty much, you know, you're, you are just saying fluke, right? You could say maybe the Belmont was too far. Uh, where do you run in the Traverse? I don't even know. He was well back. Fourth or fifth or? Yeah. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> I like that. Take, take <laughs> your Kentucky Derby win. Take your Kentucky Derby win and, and it. call it a day. They can't take it away from you, right? Nope. They, well, I mean, tech, yes, they could. They could, yes. Billy, well, but we're not going true. to. Sorry, we're not going to talk uh, about that. You can, you can have that, so... Uh, that would, you know, there's other things that you can do. Uh, you win the Derby, and then you can go on to some of these other races. It doesn't have to be these big and then Breeders' Cup Classic. There's certainly other options for him Yes. Um, you know, that you could try. And I don't want to say like B-level, but, you know, you could go and run in some of these big, you know, yeah, maybe grade get him, twos. Get him some confidence. Yeah, exactly. All right. All right, exactly. point number two. So point number two, I thought it was interesting that uh, Arkansas or Oaklawn is offering an end of season trainer bonus now. Mm. So if you raced at Oaklawn during, or if you do race at Oaklawn during the 2022-2023 season, they're going to offer up thousands of dollars um, in and for their meet that goes December through May. Now the eligibility requirement uh, is that trainers have to run at least two horses during the final. 14 days of the season, including one during the final nine days. And the total bonus payout could reach over three quarters of a million dollars. Wow. That's pretty cool. Crazy, right? Yeah. I like. So they're going to be giving you like a bonus for like every horse you start, like two to 250 bucks for every non-stake starter that doesn't hit the board. Um, so it's just a little extra incentive for you to, to keep your horses there. Interesting. You sound like you're having a party in the background. No, I'm not, but hold on one sec. <laughs> I was going to tell you that I, when you said that, I can see the trainers doing like a Mike Singletary. Now that's my kind of party. Remember when Mike used to say that? You probably don't because you don't really follow football. Um, but fantasy football is right around the corner, Michelle. I don't know if you know that. Oh, we, right. Michelle. My, yeah. Do you, fantasy football's around the corner. Have you thought about your team? Like, no, no, I haven't, Billy. <laughs> I was, I was like super into it, and then like the whole Charlotte thing just kind of like derailed life. I haven't even looked at like entries for races or anything, and I do have two fantasy drafts coming up this week, so I'm like gonna like pick and pray. I hear you. I hear you. All right. What is so point number three? This year, I'm gonna know. I'm gonna know uh, why. Yeah. What's point number three, Michelle? Um. So, point number three is kind of like just a, a preview to what's up and coming this this week. I think it's gonna be fantastic. We have the Pacific Classic coming up, and I know we talk about it generally at the end of our show, but this is cool because I feel like Flightline is probably the most anticipated horse in the nation that's going to be running this summer. Um, so it really puts like an added sparkle on this Saturday. So we're going to have a huge day of racing at Del Mar, but it is highlighted by the grade one Pacific classic, which features flight line. I agree. I'm, I'm, I'm actually really excited like to see this race. Do like big previews, but like this horse has like captured everybody, right? Yeah. So let's do this. Let's get to the interview with Eric Johnson We'll take a quick break, and then after Eric, we'll come back and just take a quick look at, at some of these giant races on Saturday here at Del Mar and uh, talk a little bit about Flightline. Fair? Sounds great. Just want to remind you guys, too, that uh, that that whole day 
of Pacific Classic Day is Breeders' Cup Challenge Series win and you're in races. They also have them at Saratoga. The Longines Classic has two races, the Jockey Club Gold Cup and, of course, the Pacific Classic. Also, the Delmar Handicap for the Longines Tough for the Makers Mark Philly and Mare Turf. Just a reminder that all winners will receive an entry fees paid by Breeders' Cup, $10,000 award to the nominator, a $10,000 travel allowance. You know what? Let's take a break. We have a couple of technical difficulties and then we will um, we'll get to Eric and then we'll come back after that. The Owner's Box is brought to you in part by TaylorMade. TaylorMade partnerships for, provide an unmatched entry and experience into both the racing and breeding side of the thoroughbred industry. Now you can be a part of top-level racing and breeding with all the rewards and less risk and cost. Medallion Racing has enjoyed great success through the years with 66% of starters running in graded stakes, 25% in grade ones. Last year, Medallion was fortunate enough to have an impressive four Breeders' Cup starters. Similarly, our bloodstock investments have discovered great value on the breeding side of the game, buying and selling such standouts as Improbable, Bast, Cutting Humor, and Flame Away, among others. Join TaylorMade and experience the thrill with us, your family. Yes. All right, everybody. Welcome back to the Owner's Box. Very, very special guest today. One of my favorite people in horse racing and Stanley Cup champion from the Colorado Avalanche, Eric Johnson. Eric, how does that sound? Uh, honestly, Billy, it, uh, I don't know how you ever introduced me before because uh, nothing really matters after um, uh, after you do that. I mean, it was such a thrill uh, to be able to do it. And um, yeah, it's just something I've always worked for. And um, to finally be able to do it was just extra special and um, meant a lot. You know, I'm sure you've been asked that uh, a million times, just how does it feel? And I, I've read a lot of your quotes. And I, before we start that, um, we're going to get to horse racing in a minute because I know that's what you really want to talk about. You could care less about hockey, right? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I could talk about both. <laughs> uh, what's What's been the busiest part of your off season now that you are a uh, Stanley Cup champion? Uh Less time, Billy. I mean, for one, you know, usually the season ends early June, and uh, because of a little bit extended delay with COVID, uh, we played to the end of June. So, I mean, we won, and then we partied our faces off for no. like 21 days. Yeah, Wait, not you me, partied? right? And then, <laughs> so we did that, and then, uh, you know, once, once two, three weeks came, you know, we kind of had to come back to reality and get back in the gym, get back on the ice towards the uh, middle to end, end of July. And... Uh, now we've kind of um, kind of gotten back on the ice and we're getting ready to repeat. So uh, we really had two, three weeks to enjoy it and, you know, four or five days a week uh, at the arena and the gym getting ready uh, for training camp in uh, 24 days now. Unbelievable. Wow, that's fast. Yeah. Uh, what was the – is there one moment or memory that you've had? I don't know how many cup days you've spent with the cup or, or you know, wherever you've been. Is there one uh, really memorable moment that you could share with us? Yeah, I think the, the most magical moment, Billy, would have been um, really the only time us as players had the moment to ourselves. We won the cup, um, you know, on the ice, and then we all had our time with it, and then our families came on the ice and friends, and then really the, the only really moment we had to ourselves was back in the locker room, just the guys, the staff, um, our coaches, our trainers, our strength conditioning coaches, our massage guys, our owner, and um, that was really our intimate time where we 
we blasted music, blinded each other with champagne and beer, <laughs> filled the cup up with beer, saw how, figured out how many beers the cup could hold, which is just about 14. Four, that, uh, that, sounds like right. that sounds right. That sounds right, 14. Yeah, yeah. yeah so um, I'm talking to you on a Wednesday right now. I'm sure we'll be filling it up at Del Mar this weekend. So um, it uh, it should be fun. This is a classic day in the cup at Del Mar. How can you beat it? I mean, that's pretty amazing i know everybody around here is excited uh we've been talking about it and that you're bringing it i read an article that you want to bring it in the paddock for the ocean side they're drawing like right now uh and we're going to talk about that in a second but one of the things i i read you know you said that this was your dream and and you've made a dream come true which is uh, listen i i remember you know throwing the ball in the backyard and, or hitting a shot with one second left but you've you've done this now but then you talk about horse racing where you really don't have a lot of control because in in your dream you made it happen you played defense you you were a leader on this team in horse racing it's the horse it's the jockey it's the other you know, there's so many things out of your control how do you deal with that yeah that's a good question billy i think um you know i try a lot of people have asked me in horse racing obviously i've been in the game for five six years now i made a lot of really good relationships with people and people a lot of people in racing ask me how do you describe the feeling of winning the Stanley cup? And, um, you know, I've been fortunate to win some big races and, and horse racing. And I, I would imagine it would be like winning the triple crown or, um, you know, winning the Derby and the Preakness. But the, the difference is, you know, like you mentioned, you're not really doing anything as an owner, right? You're, right. you're paying the bills, you're enjoying the experience, but you're not actually physically doing it. You're not, going through the grind I yep. mean, that's kind of what the animals are doing um so it, it's a different perspective um but i try to just explain it um the ultimate high that you could ever have in horse racing you just you have to multiply it by you know a thousand because I, I mean i like you said i think I, i'd be dead if that happened I've ever done. Yeah, yeah exactly right Frickin i think my adrenaline heart would just, overdose. yeah it would just stop yeah. it would just absolutely yeah, stop exactly. i mean you love the game, I and mean, I love the game. You win a 16 claimer, you're excited, right? Absolutely. You have, you have those nerves. So, so um, yeah. I mean, we all are. So I, I just tried to, I try to describe it to people like that. I mean, it's. Um, I used to make a, a fake Stanley Cup with my dad when we'd play street hockey in the basement when I was, or in the driveway when I was five years old, and we'd pretend to win it. And you know, that's all I've ever wanted to do. And when you finally accomplish your goal, the one goal you ever really set out to do. I mean. It, you're satisfied in the moment and there's no better experience like it. And, um, you're, you really are, you're, you're changed. People view you in a different light when you're a champion and, sure. uh, things change, your life changes. Um, and, uh, it's all I've ever wanted to do. And the only thing I want to do again is do it, is do it all over again. That's the only way we can top it. How do you, uh, Eric Johnson joining us here on the owner's box. How do you, when you go back to practice and you're about to get on the ice, have you thought about how you are going to motivate the guys to not get complacent to let's do it again? Just basically, you know, what you're talking about right now. Hey, only thing better than doing it once is doing it twice. How do you do that? Yeah. And I think, uh, Billy, that's, that's a good question because, you can kind of relate to it in horse racing. When you win that big grade one or that big graded stakes race at Saratoga or Del Mar, what do you want to do again? You want to buy more horses and yep. win that same race or a similar race because nothing tops doing that. And I think, you know, that's the same thing as an athlete. When you accomplish the ultimate goal, you want to do it again. I mean, I look at, uh, 
Paul Redham, for example, he won the Derby with I'll have another, I think in 12. And then he just threw all that money right back and bought more horses, got Nyquist and did it four years later, just chasing that high. I mean, and there's not, there's just, there's no better high, whether you're into basketball or you're into horse racing or hockey and you're involved in it. The only thing that tops it is to win at that level again. And I think that's where the motivation comes from. You just, you want it so bad and we're pros and professionals and that's all we've ever known. You just, that's all we know what to do. So I think it, it, uh, it's the same for an athlete. It's the same for an owner, a trainer, you know, once you accomplish that, you want to do it again. You talked about being in this game for five or six years. I know you've learned a lot and we'll get that in. We'll ask that question in a minute so you can prepare, but what do you find most challenging about being a horse owner and this game? I think, uh, the thing that I struggle with the most is uh, patience. I think by breed, I'm a very impatient person. and um, <laughs> I, think, I think we all are. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's, um, it's one of those things where when I got into the game, you know, and, you know, you, you're, you race your horse once and then it gets hurt and it's on the farm for 90 days. And then when it's on the farm for 90 days, it's really not probably running for five months, maybe more. Um, so you just kind of got to roll with the punches. And I think in a way it's been, it's been good for me to learn those things. I think uh, I got in with a good trainer, Doug O'Neill, who uh, is also probably pretty impatient and runs his horses more frequently, yeah. which uh, you can say probably that probably helps me. Yeah. So, um, you know, I think patience is one, um, and I think uh, the best thing, I think, is just the relationships. I've made so many friends um, in this game in such a short period of time. There's so many good people. Um, it's uh, it's a wonderful game to get into. It's kind of intimidating to get into, but once you get your foot in the door, it's a, it's a really magical experience. And um, I, it's almost like a alternative universe. You know, it's like the secret world, the, the horse racing community. You know, no one really knows it's out there, but there's this big industry that – is kind of um, a mystery to a lot of people on the outside. And I've just found it fascinating, um, all the all the different people and the horses, and uh, I've just really enjoyed my time. Well, that leads me, interesting, that leads me into my next question, because why do you think that more athletes don't get involved? Because there is this um, competitiveness, uh, obviously, financially, many athletes can afford this because it's. It, you, with all due respect, you have some disposable income. Um, so, what is stopping? Why haven't the other athletes grabbed onto it and said, "Hey, look what Eric's doing"? What do you think is going on? Well, I think for one, um, I think the biggest thing is guys don't want to spend money on things they don't love, right. and I think you just have to have a passion for the sport. Um, I think if you take someone to a big racing day and, you know, show them the ropes and take them to the paddock, and, sorry, that's my dog's barking. No, that's right. Um, show them, show them the ropes. You take them to, uh, Del Mar, Saratoga, and, uh, you take them to the paddock, you get them to the winner circle and meet the trainers, meet the jockeys. I think, I think you can hook some people, but I think overall i think athletes they love cars they like to party <laughs> they like uh going to vegas um so i think you know you have to love it and i i honestly billy i i try and tell people when you join a golf course you get your initiation fee and it's 50 grand and right. you're paying your dues every month and you're not going to see any of that money back but you're going to get that enjoyment you're going to take your friends you're going to have a great time at the golf course and the thing with horse racing is 
you'll probably lose your money, but you might hit one and you might make a fortune. And, um, that's kind of the kicker with racing. So, um, I think, uh, you just have to have that passion. And I've tried to bring people every year. I bring a couple of buddies, a couple of players and we'll have TBG on the locker room. And, um, but yeah, it's, it's tough. You have to have that, that love. You have to really love the game because no one's going to spend that amount of money if you truly don't love it. Right. That makes a lot of sense. All right. Let's, let's talk McKinnon, uh, talking about, you said you got to hit one. Um, he was a really nice two year, two year old last, last year. He ran huge in the breeders cup. Has a has a long break. You, obviously, you tried him on dirt, I think, or you tried him up north on synthetic. Comes back in the ocean side, and I know you were really pumped about it. I know you were really pissed off that we beat you that day, which is you know very <laughs> rare for me to beat you. Um, but you know he's got the race under his belt now. You have to be he he's got to be one of the ones going into the uh, Del Mar Derby on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, and honestly, congrats. I, I when I when it's if it's you guys beat me, I'm happy. Uh, classy group, little red feather. Honestly, seriously. Um, so congrats. Is, is it Balnikov? Balnikov. He'll be Balnikov? back. So, he'll be back. Yeah, he'll, he'll be on Saturday in Delmar Derby, too. Him and McKinnon will be squaring off, and you're not coming to my cup party if Balnikov <laughs> beats us. <laughs> People don't know you've already asked me to please not run. So, I mean, we no, can just throw know, it out I there. Know. No, it's good. It's good. It's like in any sport. To, you know, you want to beat the best. So, uh, I think he'll be the favorite in there. But McKinnon, yeah, so... Getting back to your question, third in the Breeders' Cup and a troubled trip on, on the turf and won a couple stakes at Del Mar and Santa Anita. Tried him um, on the dirt in the sham, kind of ran evenly, put him back. Um, we ran him on the synthetic in the El Camino. Um, yeah, he ran, ran a pretty good day. second. Yeah, yeah, ran a pretty good second. Then we just decided, nothing was wrong with him. We just decided to kick him out and, and get him ready for the summer. And um, Rob ran like he needed the race in the Oceanside opening day at Del Mar. And then I think this Saturday is a, a perfect spot, um, stretching him out a little bit longer. I think it's a mile and an eighth um, on the grass. So, yeah, I think the extra distance will help him. He's a real nice colt by American Pharaoh. Scott Daddy Mare, I think, wants to go a little bit longer. So um, we're excited. I mean, it's it's uh, ironic that my cup day falls on the same day that uh, the Del Mar Derby is. But reg- regardless, win or lose, we're going to have an absolute blast and um, celebrating with all my favorite um, people, my friends, and my family, and uh, just celebrating a great day. Is McKinnon coming? The real McKinnon? <laughs> no, he'll be out. Uh, he'll be closer to London, England, than San Diego, California. Halifax is quite out there on the East Coast. All right. Uh, all right. Anybody else in the stable that we should be excited about? Do you have any two-year-olds that are coming up um, that we should get ready for in the uh, ERJ stable? Or EJC? <laughs> not, what is, is it ERJ? Is that what I see? Yeah, you got it. You What's got the it. R? Yeah, no, not well, my middle name, Robert. Okay. Um, yeah, my grandfather's name. So um, honestly, most of my horses are on the farm. So uh, my two-year-old. But um, yeah, we uh, we don't have much cooking. So uh, hopefully, they come off the farm and they're and they're healthy um, coming back. But uh, we had some nice ones. They just ran into some injuries, and uh, hopefully, we'll see them in the fall or the winter. Uh, that doesn't go well. That doesn't go well with your patience. But as you know, and I'm sure people in this game have told you, it's a roller coaster. You're gonna have. You're gonna go up, and then you're gonna go down. You're gonna be hot, then you're gonna be cold. You're gonna be quiet, then you're gonna have everything running at one time. Right? It's the craziest game. Exactly. 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 You gotta. It's that roller coaster of emotions, and the highs are high, the lows are low, and um, yeah, it's just it's just a fun game, you know. Not only the racing, but uh, you know the breeding and the pin hooking and all that. There's just so many different avenues you can you can have fun with in this game, and um, I've really enjoyed it. And 
meeting people like you and having fun at the racetrack. And uh, I, I, I appreciate the, the time you have me on, Billy. And I'm sure I'll be running into you Saturday. Yeah, you prom- I prom- you promised me 20 minutes. We're approaching it. I have one more question. That's it. Then I let you go. Anytime. You ready? No, of course. Yes. Does Flightline win in the Pacific Classic this Saturday at Del Mar? I think he gallops, but that's not a very uh, bold opinion, right? I think everybody thinks that and I don't. looks like the super horse. I'm going, I'm going the other way. I'm going the other way. Okay. Yeah. What do you, what do you I'm going to be contrarian on Saturday, and I, I, I'm going to – all my multiples will, will be without flight line just to try to cash. Yeah. What if he yep. gets beat? I mean, this could be Darren Go Cigar, right? <laughs> I mean, I, I applaud you for taking a stand like that. I think uh, – you know, no one will be shocked if he wins, but I think there'll be a lot of shocked people if he loses, and I think you'll be cashing if he does. Well, we're very <laughs> much looking forward to seeing you, my man. Definitely see you on Saturday. Bring the cup to the paddock, and obviously, if uh, if we don't win, uh, I will be rooting for McKinnon in the Oceanside Stakes. Eric Johnson, you are a gem. You are. I really appreciate you taking the time today. Likewise, likewise, Billy. Hopefully, we dead heat and uh, we drink out of the cup in the winter circle. I would love that. Let's do that. That's a great plan. All, All right, right, Eric Johnson. Be good. We'll see you Saturday. All right, Billy, thank you. Fixed odds betting powered by BetMakers is back and in effect at Monmouth Park. And the early returns are fantastic with 70% winners paying more on fixed odds than they are on the tote. Soon, fixed odds wagering will be available throughout the state. This is an exciting new way to bet that really puts the power to get value in your hands. Michelle, you ready to say it with me? Yes. The The odds odds you bet bet are the the odds odds you you get. Perfect. You'll continue. You'll be continuing to hear a lot more about fixed odds betting opportunities across the In the Money Media Network. All right, back here on the owners' box, and uh, Michelle, Eric's cool. Yeah, super cool. And thank you for putting that together, Billy. I appreciate you uh, stepping up in my time of need. It's I, all good. I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to put a damper on Eric's spirits because, gosh, he's awesome and so well spoken and. I love that someone who is like really good in their sport is enthusiastic about our sport. Yeah, and it's it's funny because he talked about that a lot. Um, in fact, one of the questions that I thought was kind of interesting, I asked him, you know, why does he think more athletes don't get involved in horse ownership? And he just said, you have to love it. You can't just kind of half-ass it. You know, you have to really love this sport to get involved. And, and hopefully, you know, he's always bringing people out here. And he's a, he's a really good ambassador for the game. Very, like you said, well-spoken. And look, this isn't his first interview, right? So I tried to keep the Stanley Cup questions to a minimum, but it's still cool hearing all those great stories. Uh, So if you had the Stanley Cup, what would would be the first thing you would do with it? Uh, That's a good question. I'd never even thought about it because I know I'll never have the Stanley Cup. Um, <laughs> it's not something you, you imagine. Know, he he made he he made a great point. He said the most the best time for them was when they were all alone and it was just the team, the staff, everybody involved. He said that was I really thought you a cherished. Him, him and the Stanley Cup together. No, no. <laughs> just, kidding, just kidding. But I think you know you want to share it with family, and I would probably, you know, he's having a big party down here this weekend. He's mm-hmm. bringing the cup to the paddock for the Del Mar mm-hmm. Derby. And I think I would have probably a very intimate party with like my best friends and my best, you know, and all my family and my, you know, try so to like get as many me, teammates. So like you, Todd, Travis, Gary, Emily, and your mom. Eh, pretty much, yeah. Oh, and Kathy. And Kathy, yeah. And my kids. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, and RJ, my, uh, my hockey playing buddy. So, yeah, but it's, we talked about dreams 
and you know all of us have dreams and it's it's very rare when you find someone that had a dream as a kid um you know he's in the backyard uh with a fake stanley cup and his dad when he's four years mm -hmm. old and and to have that dream come true you know that that's that's wild it, it's amazing and and kudos to him and his perseverance and what he's had to go through to get there uh how hard i know all these guys work and uh we all have dreams and it's just a matter of how hard you want to work to make those dreams come true so i know i still have some unfinished business in this sport and i'm sure you do as well but look at you your dream of winning a race at delmar came true last weekend you got Finally. off the schneid you beat Finally. us so barely uh, congratulations on that all right michelle Enough about Eric Johnson. Good man. Thank you for coming on the show, Eric. Thank you, for, thank you, Eric, for coming on. Uh, Michelle, let's talk a little bit about this card at Del Mar on Saturday. You start and I'll jump. Okay. Well, technically, we don't have PPs out yet, right? So Right. But I know the players. I mean, okay, here's which of the – so we have all these stakes, okay? We've got the uh, Pacific Classic. We've got the Del Mar Derby. We've got the Del Mar – Handicap. Handicap. We've got shared belief. Um, the shared belief for three-year-olds and we've got the Del Mar Mile, yep. right? Yes. And then just to add to that on Sunday, by the way, we have the green flash also. Right. Which race do you think is the best betting race? I think definitely the Del Mar Handicap without okay. question because I think – in the Del Mar Derby, I think the logical horse. I think there's horses that are going to get bet, and they're pretty tough. Um, and I think they're all. I think it's very evenly matched. But I don't think you're going to get some forty to one shot unless Barbasabas Bar goes Barsabas. wire to wire for uh, Ryan Hansen. The Pacific Classic, obviously, is Flightline. I, I think it's a good betting race because I think if you beat Flightline, and I'm doing this, I'm going to just have a lot of pick, late pick fours and stuff keyed to the other horses. Um, right. If he because if he stubs his toe, you know these things are going to pay massive. Um, right. And then you have the Delmar handicap, which I just think I'm gonna. I'll just read this to you because I don't know if you've seen the overnight, but it's Dicey Mochara. No, I haven't. Okay. Then it goes Dicey Mochara, then three Phil D'Amato's, Gold Phoenix, Greg Dar, Red King. Then you have Tango, 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 Tis a Magician, Order in Law, Tesoro, Masterpiece, Mas Master of Foxhounds, and Haywoods Beach. So you'd think like, okay, Masterpiece, based on his Eddie Reed, is going to be the big favorite. But does he have to come back and run but that exact race? I mean, I think he needs to improve. He didn't have like the cleanest of races there. Uh, well, he kind of did. I mean, he got through. He just did like those seas parted, and he just rolled right through. Now, I think he's a good horse, but I don't know if he's – I just think it's a really good race, and I think you could probably make a case for a lot of these. So All right. Super, that's super competitive race. Absolutely. But that flight line, like, Michelle, if someone's going to beat flight line, who's it going to be? Country Grammar. Okay. Yep. I mean, he is the he is the mile and a quarter specialist, right? Right. I mean, we, we talked about before the, the prep race. Yep. That he – this was a prep for the mile and a quarter, Right. right? Right. This is this is it. This is his. This is what he wants to do. This is where he's going to excel. Johnny V flies in to ride. Um, that lineup, just so everybody knows, is Extra Hope, Country Grammar, Royal Ship, Express Train, Flight Line, and Stallone. Who's been Hawaii. Express? I mean, Express Train. Obviously, nice that he shows up because he he missed the prep and stuff. This is yeah. a, a big ask. I, I, this is a big ask for him when you think about like you go back three months four months he was like oh everyone's talking about express train and now he's like 
everybody's forgotten about him almost, right? Yeah, and he does like Delmar. He's won here before. He's fresh. I don't I don't know. I I when I look at this field, I just can see a scenario where someone either puts pressure on flight line or just let a boy go out with him and like sacrifice himself. Extra, extra hope can put pressure on him from the rail. This horse just ran, th I think, third in the uh, third? mile and three ace race or mile and a half yeah. race. Um, country cougar. grammar's not without speed necessarily. Express train has won on the lead before. Um, I don't, I just have this sense that they're just not going to give flight line this race. That's my sense. Well, that's the way it should be, though. No offense. Like, if you like Flightline, like, I'm not trying to offend you. Right. But it shouldn't be given to him. If they're saying... We're not trying to offend are, anyone when we try to come up with opinions. People are ladling accolades on this horse. Like, he's the best horse we've seen in a decade. Like, if that's the case, he needs to be tested, like, the whole way. I'll give you an example. Last weekend, we didn't talk about this race, but Jackie's Warrior was 1-5 to five or something in the... Uh, I, I played it against him. Forgo. Yeah, but... And he got pressure. You know, for the first time in a long time, he got pressure. And that horse has danced every dance, too. I thought he right. was a good bet against. You did it. I'm sure some others did it. And uh, it worked out. I just, you know, look, if Flightline goes out there and, and he cruises around there on an uncontested lead and just, you know, is running off 12-second quarters, yeah, he's, he's probably going to win. But if someone puts pressure on him somewhere, he's never gone two turns, he's never gone a mile and a quarter, there's so many things he's got to prove. And, and at – at one to five or one to nine or whatever he's going to be, the the betting value, in my opinion, is not there. Now, are you surprised no one put like a rabbit in? It would have been pretty rad. It would have been rad bet. No, I'm not that <laughs> surprised. We, there's not many horses that can do that anyway. I mean, who was going to do that? Mandela, Baffert, Sheriffs, uh, Mandela again. I mean, Sheriff could have put Midcourt in. Like yeah. obviously, Mojer doesn't have the oh, mid power. Oh, You know, I was thinking midcourt. horses. Yeah, I was he thinking. He could have put. Yeah. He could have put another horse in there easily. Yeah. For so like I a feel workout. like it's almost him like playing really fair, right? Like, look, a little I'm bit not of respect. Gonna... Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. You might be right. Because Baffert ran all his horses in the, which call it? Yeah, in the which call it? Yeah. In the or the which call it? There should be a which call it stakes. <laughs> I'm gonna, yeah, which we'll call it for sure. Which we'll call it. Let's just real quick. I just want to read the Delmar Mile because it just came out. Air Force Red, Tarantino, Iridio, None Above the Law, Hong Kong Harry, Goliad, Kathkin Peak, Figuretti, Tripoli, and Astronaut. Interestingly, goes in the Delmar Mile rather than the Mile and Three Ace Delmar Handicap. Hmm. hmm. I'm. I have not talked to Phil D'Amato, but I, it's a weird absence for court. Um, count again. Where's Count again? Yeah. He was he's, supposed to. He's run worked. Yeah, maybe something happened where just just something must have came up because I didn't know. For our good friend Mark Martinez, it's kind of disappointing. I thought he was going to be the one to beat in there. So, anyway, um, Michelle, listen, we know you're down. Uh -oh. We're gonna we're gonna have we you are, pick it up. Can I just tell you something yep. that made me kind of like giggle this week? Absolutely, I want maybe the one like... thing that made you giggle. Yes. Right. So, <laughs> I guess at the Magic Million sale in June, some random person bought 22 yearlings for about a million dollars. And was the leading buyer at the sale. Um, well, now they they come to find out that this Louis Bloodstock was a former owner named Rob Ferguson, and allegedly he was being <laughs> treated for a lung condition and it was taking off his steroids. And the side effect is invulnerability and euphoria. Oh wow! Um, so he decided he would just go to Magic Millions at the bar and then buy some horses. 
and he just made up the name Louis Bloodstock because of his dog. His name was Louis. <laughs> Unbelievable. Um, so he spent a million dollars in about three hours <laughs> and Jeez. bought all of these horses. So now he said he is uh, going to sell all 22 that he bought. <laughs> um, and a couple of people have said like, oh, I'd buy them back at the consigners. And he said that, no, he wants it to be really fair. So he is selling all of them and they will be offered for sale re with reserves of 50% of their original purchase price will be oh, their reserve. Okay. Um, so Are you going to buy anything? <laughs> I mean, it's in Australia, so probably not. But like, Can you do I an Australian accent? Uh, good day, mate. That was good. Want to put the shrimp on the barbie? <laughs> Daddy, I want to play with bingo. I mean, we watch a lot of look, Bluey in this. Look, look. It took us 20 minutes, but Michelle's back. Michelle's I don't know back. If I'm back. You're back. This this story made me like right. well, laugh. it's always good to put a smile on your face and let me tell you something, all the people listening to our show and tweeting and retweeting put smiles on our faces. So thank you for, to our audience for keep to keep listening. We're trying to do our best to bring you interesting guests. We think we have one this week. Thank you to Eric Johnson for coming on. Thank you to the uh, In the Money Media Network. Uh, on Beach Boss this week, we're having our 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 the heavy, oh, the BTF. heavy yeah. Pete, Pete, Big Pete, Big Pete, Big Pete coming uh, on to join oh, us. Pete, uh, Billy, one last thing I have yeah. to remind people: yeah. Pacific Classic Betting Challenge is going to oh, be yeah. coming up this weekend. Yeah. So if you guys want to play, um, you can log on to dmtc.com forward slash calendar and then click on Pacific Classic Betting Challenge. It's a three thousand dollar buy in, which is two thousand dollars live bankroll, thousand dollars towards the prize pool. It is live money on track or online, and at least 100% of the prize pool will be returned, including uh, BCBC seats, NHC seats, and cash prizes. Sounds fun. Sounds like you can make some money if you bet against Flightline. Um, yeah. Who else do we need to thank, Michelle? Betmakers. Um, TaylorMade. TaylorMade. Breeders' Cup. Gainsway. Breeders' Cup. Some Delphi. People, Adelphi. Oh, and our friend, what about our friends overseas? Great Britain. Oh, yeah. It's Great Britain. Yeah. GBRI. GBRI. Thanks to everybody for listening to the show. Uh, we will be back next week with another fun-filled episode of The Owner's Box. Michelle, I'll see you this weekend for Beach Boss. Sounds good. All right. Bye.